It's the All Things Alt Tech Podcast, and today is June 23rd, 2020. It's been a while, but this week it's time to talk about counter-urbanization. Now, over the past few weeks, city living seems to have become more and more unpredictable, if not outright dangerous. Because we're living among riots, among unrest, among large-scale protests that seem to devolve into arson and fistfights and even shootings as of late. And of course, that doesn't really make for comfortable living conditions, to say the least. Now, you would imagine a lot of business owners in the central districts of you know, cities like Seattle, for example, would be considering their options at this point. Now, meanwhile, with all the communications technology that we have today, it's becoming increasingly apparent that a great proportion of professionals out there can get their work done from virtually anywhere. You just need your internet connection and a few simple tools and you're good to go. Now, I've been saying this for pretty much a decade already, but the thought of commuting into an office in order to spend eight hours in front of a screen, sitting next to another coworker, also spending eight hours in front of their screen, is a bit of a waste of time. In fact, it's a gross waste of time and resources and life. So this recent realization that most computer-centric work can actually be done from anywhere it probably means that many employment opportunities no longer require you to live in the urban communities out there. So I think counter-urbanization is about to set in if it, already hasn't, if it hasn't started already. So people are able to explore alternatives to living in the city. And this is probably going to create changes in people's living location preferences. Now, two of the key reasons why you might have moved to the city in the first place would have probably had to do with, well, number one, employment opportunities, and number two, probably the abundance of choice that a big city offers. You know, all the restaurants, the social gatherings, the networking, all the luxuries and conveniences of all sorts. But now, thanks to COVID and now the growing unrest to boot, you can no longer really comfortably enjoy those. But if you are fortunate enough to live in the countryside, well, then you suddenly have the luxury of mobility and safety and access to green spaces and all the fresh produce you can eat and so forth. And you generally have fewer restrictions. Now, to top it off, the cost of living in the countryside is obviously far lower than in the cities. Now, as I said, you have all the liberty and all the open space and you also pay much less for your accommodation. So all in all, if you ask me, it's obvious that more people are going to want to take to the suburbs, to the countryside, and perhaps even off-grid altogether. I mean, after all, why would you pay a fortune to be holed up in an expensive and sometimes small apartment in some big metropolis when you can't really enjoy all the fittings that you came to the city to enjoy in the first place? Now, if you're fortunate enough to have an apartment somewhere like, say, Seattle or LA or New York, then chances are that today it's going to be a totally different picture from a year ago and you'll probably want to get away from the downtown area. Now, it's no real surprise that off-grid living and mobile home living and you know the tiny home movement and so forth, that those have all skyrocketed recently. And when I say recently, I mean in the past, ooh, let's say two to five years. And I think they're only going to continue to skyrocket. Now, why is that? Well, because a lot of people are anticipating even further troubles. So there's a good chance that we will have another wave of the virus, meaning there may or may not be another excruciating period of lockdowns. 
we'll see. And and quite frankly, I think a lot of people have had more than enough of being holed up inside. I mean, particularly in a large city where you don't even have access to green space or fresh air or anything like that. Now, as all these issues compound in the big cities, there are even more issues looming on the horizon. Now, one that's been kind of bandied about a little bit is you know, potential disruptions to the food supply, for example. Now, this would probably have been manageable the first time around, but now the social tensions are far larger, people's fuses are a lot shorter, and all this unrest that's developing is putting more and more strains on our way of life, and it's all getting more and more stressful for a lot of people. Now, getting back to the way we're working, our work lives, they are also changing. And I think we've experienced about a decade's worth of digitalization in our workflow, and that's happened in just a couple months' time. Now, all of a sudden, many knowledge workers, many computer workers, well, they're basically digital nomads overnight, or at least they could be. So where does this leave all the big cities? And who who will really have the means to move? Well, it's anyone who has a computer-centric job, anybody who works in tech, anybody who doesn't require, absolutely require face-to-face meetings on a constant basis. Now, assuming the ball keeps rolling here, in other words, assuming we have some kind of a second wave and assuming all these BLM protests and so forth, they all accelerate, well, I think there will be big outflows from the cities. And of course, the more affluent the knowledge workers and so forth, they are the ones who are going to up sticks and leave first. These are the people who are not really tied to any physical location. So what all this means is that de-urbanizing population will basically take a big chunk of the tax revenue with them. All the techies will probably leave. A lot of the techies earn a lot of money and so forth. Now, this is obviously going to put yet another compounding strain on the city economy. So you'll have less tax revenue, meaning you'll have deteriorating services, you'll have worse infrastructure, less security, and so forth. And this is probably going to exacerbate social tensions even further. Probably it will exacerbate the tension between, say, the remaining middle class and the working class. It's already becoming more and more chaotic, more rudderless. There's more and more conflict, but it's less and less clear what the driving forces are and what people want, what all these movements actually want. Now, needless to say, the allure of the city is going to disappear, or it's certainly going to decline even further as I see it. Now, if we end up in a situation with even more chaos in the cities, which may or may not happen, we shouldn't assume that all the knowledge workers that escape are going to be welcomed with open arms out in the sticks. There will be friction in the small towns and rural areas. I mean, they're not going to want to be the SHTF location, they're not going to want to host the refuge for the influx of city dwellers suddenly getting out of Dodge. And we already started seeing that a little bit from New Zealand, because a lot of the ultra wealthy have bought farms and so forth, bought bunkers and whatnot in New Zealand, and they aim to treat that as their getaway when the stuff really hits the fan. And a lot of Kiwis, a lot of New Zealanders are saying, They don't want the people who they feel might even have been responsible for some of the issues that we're seeing. They also don't want more COVID cases. And they certainly don't want to import the very same problems and ideas that gave rise to the problems in the big cities in the first place. Now, getting back to this increased digitalization, I think it does bring about a lot of positives. But I can see signs of people getting tech fatigue. You know, all the Zoom, Skype and Slack and Google Meets. I mean... 
it's all useful, but at the end of the day, there's only so much virtualization and digitalization and artificiality that, we're, that we can take. And there are even tendencies out there that suggest that the millennials and, and the Generation Z and so forth, they might not actually appreciate this everything online all the time ethos. They appreciate living a real life in the offline world, and they appreciate that that might be a more attractive way of living life than spending the bulk of your time online. So I think this general mega trend towards virtualization and digitalization and tech everything, it will reverse at some point. Are you moving out into the sticks? Are you going off grid even? Do you think this turmoil we're seeing right now in the cities will blow over? You think most people can't wait to get back to the office or is the future, you know, more virtual? Let me know what you think and feel free to comment wherever you're listening from. And by the way, I haven't asked this recently, but feel free to propose topics for me to cover. You can email me on podcast at nyman.media. That's podcast at nyman.media. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.